we are energy. That is that is provable. That's scientific. That's not, you know, it's not woo-woo. When we have that energy and we direct it towards either our own intentions or someone else's, then we can change matter. Welcome to Champions Mojo Weekly Podcast, where your hosts Kelly Palace and Maria Parker share with you what it takes to be a champion. Kelly is a former Division I head swim coach, Olympic trials qualifier, and holds Masters World and National Swimming Records, and Maria holds world records in endurance cycling and was the overall women's winner of the world's toughest bike race, Race Across America. They'll be sharing their personal stories and wisdom, along with interviewing other champions to give you the tools you need for becoming a true champion in your own life. And now, your host, Kelly Palace. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. Today, we are going to talk about a fascinating topic and one of my very favorite subjects, and that is intention. Some people might call this manifestation, prayer, goal visualization, or even quantum physics. And while the idea of intention might seem like it applies to our own intentions for our personal future, research actually shows that the intentions we have for others can have a powerful effect as well. I personally call this energy transfer. Some of those terms have commonalities with intentions, but intention can stand alone as a tool that you can use to achieve your biggest, grandest goals and help others achieve theirs. Today, we're going to give you five key ways you can use the powerful technique of intention. So let's get started by saying hello to my co-host, Maria Parker. Hello, Maria. Hi, Kelly. I'm thrilled to be with you today to talk about such an exciting topic as intention. Intention is defined as a thing intended, an aim or plan. The power of intention is the power of a focused mind. We know that when we make up our mind about something, it's almost like we have a special power to make our goals happen. Personally, when I think about intention, I also think about prayer, which is essentially an intention for someone else. Uh, Kelly and I have talked about this many times. I have a list of people that I take, that I think about every single morning and pray for, uh, pray for health or wellness or happiness. And I'm a Christian and really believe that, that those intentions are out there in the world doing good. But I also uh, think of I also use the use intention in my own life. And we know that people who are super focused and can visualize an outcome are very successful. So I think that's what I'd kind of like to talk about today. Kelly, I want you to uh, give me an example of how you think of intention. Well, I love that, Maria. And, and I'm so I think you and I are going to present some good different viewpoints, not not necessarily different, but our listeners can relate to either a, a spiritual faith based approach to intention, which you are coming from. And I love that. And I, and I have that too, but you're definitely, you know, a much stronger Christian than I am and do your Bible study and your prayers every morning and you, you read your Bible every morning. And I, and I really admire and respect that in you. And, and I'm the daughter of uh, Trog Parker. So I usually come <laughs> at things a little bit more of uh, a scientific basis, but that doesn't mean, you know, I, I think 
there's tremendous value and success in both approaches for intention. So before, so I am going to use the intention that I, it's not my take on intention, but I am, I am a student of intention. I really am. This is something that I have studied for a long, long time. I mean, I think I was first exposed to this, a, a part of this intention when I was 16 years old and I was invited to the Colorado Springs Olympic Training Center, uh, USOTC, to, to uh, we did visualization and a little, little bit of meditation and relaxation, and we started visualizing having that image of our goals. But I am a huge fan of books about intention, and recently I was ignited by a book that I have read twice in the last month, and it's called The Power of Eight by Lynn McTaggart, who is the also the author of The Intention Experiment. And I'm going to, I'll give you a little bit more on that when we get into the exact five steps that Lynn recommends for manifesting these intentions. Um, but I'm also a, a big follower of Joe Dispenza, and I've read every one of his books. He has about six books out uh, on, you know, different ways to create your future, heal yourself uh, through positive emotions and meditation. But uh, Dr. Joe is a key player in another, a movie that's a little, it's a, it's probably 20 years old now, but I'm sure you can find it. It's called What the Bleep. And uh, it is based on quantum physics. And then Dr. Joe's latest book called Becoming Supernatural, I think kind of ties this subject in because I believe if one becomes great at the power of intention they can they can really do supernatural things joe and lynn both are non-religious scientists they do not have that faith-based spiritual approach to it they actually say you know they they give some examples from history where religious people have used the power of intention but they themselves say that this is all science-based quantum physics and they have amazing both have done thousands they've researched on thousands and thousands of people and seen these life-changing healings and manifestations. So I feel like that is kind of where I'm coming from is this, this, I, I would, you know, it's a lot of people think it's woo-woo, but it's really science-based. So <laughs> it is woo-woo. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it's, why do you say it's woo-woo? Well, because it's the, the science around it around this is is maybe it's developing is a, a way to talk about it. I, we also should say that there's a book called The Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer that's very famous. Uh, that is, he, he calls intention co-creation. So we are talking about things that are very difficult to measure. I just, I just read this uh, scientific article. article. It was kind of a, a review of all of the studies that had been done on prayer, or all the good ones um, on prayer. I mean, he, and uh, that's a little bit different, but, but basically the conclusion was that some of the studies showed that prayer, and we're talking about double blind so that the people who were praying didn't know who they were praying for and the people that were sick didn't know that they were being prayed for and that sort of thing. But the, about half of the studies show that there is some effect and, and and some of the studies show that there isn't and you know it, there's a lot of controversy around it and it's just very difficult to study because the placebo effect is so strong you know you know if we believe something is going to happen you know if we believe something's going to happen then then our mind can make it happen and that's 
that's the kind of intention that I would like to talk about personally is that if, if, if I believe that I can achieve or I can do something and it's very, very real in my mind, I can smell it, I can taste it, then it's, it's, there's a very good chance that I'm going to achieve it. And so, but, but there's, so I guess, you know, as we're talking, Kelly, I'm thinking, well, there's really kind of different kinds of intentions. There's intentions that we have for others and there's intentions that we have for ourselves. And I think the book that you're talking about is, is a lot about intentions that we have for others. Is that right? The one, and, and this is, this is why it's so great to have, I, I believe two people talking on a podcast instead of just one person's stream of consciousness, because I, I'm going to, just say that I politely disagree with you that it's that it's <laughs> it's it's not it's been studied where it's uh Lynn McTaggart's research has been done on plants so they're Plants aren't knowing that people are um, intending for them. Yes, and yes. The, there has been the, some studies on ant prayer and animals as well. Yes. Yeah, and and even water. You know the water, the Japanese water experiments. So. I think there is a lot of research, and there's certainly in the energetic field. I mean, you know, everybody knows that when you look at yourself on an MRI, you see this huge, just an an, elect, an electromagnetic field of energy, pulses of energy, just just you know, lines and and waves of red light and yellow light and blue light coming off of us. So we are. Without a doubt, there's no. I mean, again, and we're we're kind of getting into this faith-based versus science, where we are energy. That is that is provable. That's scientific. That's not you know, it's not woo-woo. When we have that energy, and we direct it towards either our own intentions or someone else's, then we can change matter because it's praying for a plant or seeing a plant. So in Lynn, Lynn McTaggart studies, she did the same thing. Placebo-controlled con- groups. She had two identical seedling plants and sent these images of the plant. You, you are in group A where you intend for this plant and group uh, plant B doesn't get anybody intending for healthy growth and water, you know, being in good, strong roots and time after time, and she wanted to start with plants because she didn't want to have the factor of knowing people were intending for them. So study after study showed that the plants that were two identical seedlings done over and over again, the plants that had people intending for their good, healthy growth grew significant, you know, statistically significantly stronger. Water that was uh, spoken words over that were beautiful words of love and happiness and positive emotions was frozen and crystallized into the most beautiful crystals and water that was spoken with horrible words and horrible emotions looked, you know, like just malformed and irregular. And those are called the Chinese water experiment. I'm sorry, Japanese water experiments, if you want to Google that. So there is definitely, and we're our bodies are made up of 78% water. So if water can be affected by words and emotions, then I think that we can. So the question that you asked me was, was what, Maria? Because I, I kind of went off on a tangent. Well, I, I think 
when we're talking about there's intentions for ourselves and there's oh, intentions right. for others. Right. And and so what, in fact, Lynn McTaggart's research showed that when you intend for yourself, that for sure you do have success. I mean, there's, you know, you do have that success. But when this is what was was the Power of Eight book found that the ideal number of people to be together that have one intention is eight. And so she has done hundreds and hundreds of workshops where they play music, they do a little bit of meditation, and then each person in a group of eight will say what they would like in their life, whether that's, you know, I want my my sore hip to heal, or I want my grandmother to heal, or I, you know, I, I want to get a job, whatever the person's intention was, um, then the group would pray for that, intend for that, and as a group at one time. And what they found was that the the more that one kind of intended for someone else, the more that their own desires came true. So I, I'm not sure how that they tested that, but I it's, you know, she again is very scientific with it. And I it's a, you know, it's a long book. And she also has the the other book too that I think can be explain a lot of that, the intention experiments that she did. So I think you can intend for someone and you can have people intend for you. But one of the stories that I want to just remind everybody, it's not, it's not my story. I do have a personal story with this that I have been looking forward to sharing, but I just want to take everybody back to the 2008 Olympic games when we all knew that Michael Phelps was trying for eight Olympic gold medals, which would be unprecedented. And he had won, I think up to this point, he had won six of them or five of them, but it doesn't matter. He needed he needed this race, obviously, to win eight, and it was the 100-meter butterfly, and he was swimming against Milorak Kavik, who had, you know, was a real contender to defeat Michael Phelps. And at the 50-meter mark, Phelps was in seventh place. So the whole world was watching this race and Michael Phelps was behind at the, you know, he was behind at the 75 meter mark by in the hundred meters by a lot, like maybe a, a stroke. And then at the 85 meters mark, he was still significantly behind at the 95 meter mark. He was a half a body length behind. And then on the very last stroke, it appeared that Kavik had actually outtouched Phelps. In fact, so much so that everyone in the arena who was cheering like crazy for Phelps, because most people wanted to see this historic eight gold medals, even Phelps's own mother sat down, like sat down with a oomph, you know, like a disappointed sit down. And she looked and held up two fingers and said, oh, he got second. And what had actually happened is underwater, Phelps had extended a better finish with his fingertips out. Kavik had lifted up his head and floated into the last, you know, meters. Phelps won that by one one hundredth of a second, the smallest possible margin that one can win a medal by in the Olympics. And I personally said at the time, I literally looked at my husband and we were watching this on TV and we both intended, obviously we wanted... Phelps to win, that I said, the crowd carried him to that. And there's something about that that home 
hometown crowd. Now, Phelps didn't have the hometown crowd there, but he had the world that wanted to see eight gold medals wanting him to win. And I call that energy transfer, just like your old hometown football, the home pool advantage, the home court advantage. I think that's where this quantum field of everybody just sending out this desire, this intent for Phelps to win or their hometown to win, that that really plays a role. So that that's that's where that's my big feeling of energy transfer and intention. What do you think of that, Maria? Well, I, I agree that, you know, there's there's something to that. I mean, certainly there are people intending for Kavik to win, too. <laughs> there's probably at least eight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I... I but don't I, you think there were millions more intending for Phelps I, to I, win? I, I don't know. I mean, I agree that he's famous and so maybe there were maybe there was a sense right there i don't know i you know i'm i'm not going to i'm i'm not going to address that i think that if we're talking about intention michael phelps saw it right i mean he has pro- had probably thought of those eight medals hanging around his neck a million times yes <laughs> and so, I mean, whether it was a combination of sort of what you refer to as the hometown crowd, even though it wasn't the hometown crowd, he's so famous world over that everybody's, you know, he was everybody's hometown boy. Um, and then he had his own intention and he was just a winner. You know, he's a winner. He knew how to win. He knew what to, what to do to win. So, I mean, I, this is, Kelly, this is such to me a, a difficult subject to wrap my arms around. What I will say is that I completely believe and have experienced the power of prayer and love to change the course of my life and others. So, you know, whether it's scientific or it can be studied, I think a lot of scientists would would probably disagree that there's not really good science on it. I mean, my personal experience has been that, yes, absolutely. And I know you said you had a story, a personal story to tell. I'd like to hear that. Well, it's it is a, you know a similar story and i think i think i i so agree that love that positive emotions that love and the love is the most is the strongest emotion and i feel like that when you combine love with an intention that you can you can change things so i you know this this is woo woo i will I will preface that, that this is a total woo-woo, totally non, uh, not able to be proven at all. But I, I, it's such a, it, it just blew me away. So this, this reinforces what I believe about this. So as you know, we have a pro team member who's, we sponsor through Champions Mojo and she is uh, Hannah Moore. She's a distance swimmer who swam at North Carolina State. She's arguably the most decorated swimmer that we've ever had come out of NC State up to this point, you know, multiple time All-American and school record holder. And she just won bronze medal at the world championships in the, in the 5k, but coming right out of the pool swimming, she went straight into open water swimming. So that's a different sport in the Olympics. So they have, you know, the pool swimming. And then if you want to make the Olympic team, you have to swim the 10-kilometer open water, and that's usually done in an ocean or, you know, very big, large body of water. So Hannah went straight out of college into the next summer swimming for the open water national team because she had, you know, she's just very talented at that. And 
You can listen to her interview. I think it's our uh, third episode of Champions Mojo is an it interview was a with great Hannah, interview. Hannah Moore. She's yeah, amazing. She's, she's amazing. So obviously her work ethic had brought her to the finals of the 10, I'm sorry, the 5K Open Water World Championships this summer. And we actually bought a special television subscription i think it was (laughs) so you could watch it (laughs) so we could watch her in this that's saying something that is saying something because you guys do not like to spend money (laughs) well especially on tv stuff so we bought this little special subscription we i i nailed down the time that this is going to start because it's in you know korea i believe it was korea this summer yeah we're watching it and hannah is just not doing well and you know mark and i love hannah i'm just you know in a she is the most open she's hardworking. she's an amazing student she was an amazing team leader she's just a she's just an all-around all-american girl she's just a great young woman and um i we, we just love her and she's openly loving to us you know we've watched her we went to all the meets that she was in and supported the team and NC State. And, you know, she was always very grateful. She's very, she has a lot of gratitude and a lot of love. And, you know, she says, you know, she says, I love you guys. Thank you for what you do for us. And we said, we love you too, Hannah. So there's love there in this respectful way of her appreciating what we've helped NC State swimming and us appreciating how hard she works and what she has accomplished. So Mark and I are watching her swim on TV. So she is, just not, you know, she's kind of in the lead pack, but not particularly in a place where she's going to get a medal. And I knew that that was her goal was to get on the podium. And, you know, I had texted with her right before the race and not minutes before, but, you know, the days that she was over there and said, good luck and we're cheering for you. And so Mark and I are in our living room. We're watching. It's 5,000 meters. It's a long race. It's, you know, about an hour. And so at the last buoy, so there's gigantic buoys that they have to swim around at the last buoy with about 700 meters or so left going into the finish she was in 24th place wow and i was so because at the buoys is where they can recognize the numbers so they call them out and so the if you watch the TV, they just they're just scanning through the numbers and the countries and their flags and even you know like their name and their country and their place. And so, at the last buoy, it was the last time they were going to call the the order of finish. And so they said Hannah Moore, USA, twenty fourth, and it was the last turn. And I looked at Mark and I said, "Oh my gosh, I can't." And she was at one point she was like in fourteenth. And so she had dropped to 24th and I was just crestfallen for her, you know, and I, she's a great kid no matter what she does, but it was just like, I was just crestfallen that she was in 24th. So I said to Mark, I said, Mark, we've got to send Hannah some energy. And we sat together on the couch and Marie, you would laugh at us because you're like, this is a prayer basically, but it, it, so we held hands and we did the Lynn McTaggart way. I said, okay, Hannah. We are sending you, this is exactly the way I said it to Mark, Hannah, we're starting this in our brain, in our mind. We can see that you are in the last 700 meters of your race, and we are sending you 
strength and power and energy and you are feeling stronger. Your stroke is feeling more efficient. You're feeling powerful. You're passing people left and right. You are now in your groove. This is where you drive it home. And then I said, Mark, we're taking this and Mark's eyes are closed and we're squeezing each other's hands. And <laughs> I and, and so then I said, now we're going to move it to our hearts. And this is what Lynn McTaggart's method is. He said, so now we're going to move this vision of Hannah's power and her energy and we're going to move it to our hearts. And we're thinking, Hannah, we're sending you love and we feel how much we love you and what a loving, grateful person you are. And we are sending you this, this huge burst of energy for you to push through this last 700 meters and just achieve your goals. And I said, get on the podium. Hannah, we love you. You can do this. And then we separated our hands. And we looked up and Hannah's so fast, she can swim 700 meters in about seven minutes. Seven minutes later, from 24th, Hannah Moore, the bronze medalist in the world championships. Mark and I just flipped out. We're like dancing around like, how did that happen? (laughs) Did we do that? You know, and of course, all the morning workouts, all the afternoon workouts, all the weightlifting, everything Hannah's done got her there. But I just... That is woo-woo, but we were flipped out. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> so- well, I, I have uh, some two stories I want to tell. Yeah, tell me. Um, one is, uh, as you know, my sister uh, got brain cancer and was diagnosed with brain cancer in 2012. And I will never forget the... The um, the day of her surgery, I mean, her surgery is long, it's brain surgery, we were sitting in the hospital, and I think maybe there were 14 people in this little chapel room they have for people. And it was just just this, you know, constant prayer for the whole time, all the five or six hours she was in surgery. It was just an incredible experience to be with all these people who loved Jenny and who are, wow. <laughs> who are praying for her and praying for the surgeon and. And I, I just remember thinking, you know, if, you know, we were praying for a miracle because we knew it was very deadly. And, you know, I just remember thinking, you know, if a miracle could happen, this this is absolutely how it's going to happen. All these people who love her and, and, you know, so all that, you know, went out and Jenny's surgery was as successful as it could be. Of course, she did die over a year, almost 18 months later. And so, I mean, there's there is that. And in and, and, and that case, I just have to believe that whatever, you know, for whatever reason, you know, this world is a better place, you know, or, or, you know, that things are, there's a reason for that. I don't understand it. But so that's sort of a, you know, an intention and one kind of intention that didn't, didn't come true, you Mm -hmm. know, didn't, didn't manifest. And I mean, I think about people, you know, who, you know, have, you know, sick children or sick, you know, spouses or, you know, whatever. So, so I, you know, and I don't, I don't understand why, but on the other hand, and this is the, you know, the, that, that year after Jenny had her surgery, I was doing race across America to raise money for brain cancer research. And, um, I was really, it's just tough, tough, tough race. We'll talk about it in more detail in other episodes, but, um, I was thinking around the 10th day and, um, 
or maybe the ninth day, and I was just completely done. I, I, I was exhausted. I was sleep deprived, and my heart was just dead, sunk. I, I couldn't do it. So one of our crew put uh, a little note on Facebook. It said Maria is really discouraged, and she, you know, she needs some encouragement, basically. And so over the next two days until I finished, um, people started posting these notes on Facebook and they would read them to me. And, and literally those, those notes like physically changed how I felt, you know, they, they change, they change the outcome of the experience for me. They, you know, people were praying, people were intending, people are encouraging, you know, and they were watching and they were, they were doing what you and Mark were doing. They were sending me love and energy and, uh, and it just totally, I mean, I just, I, I got my legs back. I was, I, that was in West Virginia, which was the toughest part of the race. And it got me over the hills of West Virginia. And it just, it really, I really believe that that made it possible for me to finish. Um, so, and I know it because I didn't have it in me. I, I didn't, but, but those people's thoughts, prayers, intentions, and notes, you know, made the difference. So I, there's something to it. I don't know. I just, for me, the mystery is, you know, why don't our intentions, our heartfelt love always happen the way we want them to, you know, that's, that's a big mystery, but I do believe that. So that's intentions for others, you know, and I, I do believe that if you could really, you're visualizing Hannah, you know, just picking it up and, and, um, you know, and, and getting on the podium was out of love, right? Like you said, you know, and so, Mm -hmm. so I guess what we're really talking about this show is how we can, how we can love others. You know, this isn't really about our own intentions for ourselves. This is about how we can, we can love others and change, change our lives, change their lives. Yeah, that those are two beautiful stories, Maria, and I I I remember them both from your life and and I do remember that the six, the Jenny's surgery was a huge success. Like she before that first surgery, she was wasn't she having terrible headaches and oh yeah, she was nausea. completely a ghost. She was like a zombie and the surgery did help her have several months of becoming her old self again, which was a, such a gift because she was able to you know, to do the things that she needed to do, you know, to say goodbye to people. And and really it was a beautiful if if you know, if there's beauty in cancer, it's in that you know that you're sick and when you know you're sick and you might die, it changes the way you see everything. And people came out of the woodwork. People from her kindergarten class called her to tell her that they loved her. It was beautiful. Anyway, uh, so yes, it was in that sense it was a success. Yeah, I just remember you and Jim telling me, Oh, it was a huge success and yeah, and that that is yeah, that's just a beautiful, beautiful story, and and I love too. I remember you being on the bike and having people send you. So it is definitely about love for sure, and, and I, it is about intending for others. But I do know that whenever we embrace positive emotions for ourselves, so if somebody is you know out there trying to do something difficult, whatever that is, whether it's an athletic contest or giving giving a speech or getting through getting through a you know a bad medical procedure or a dental appointment or the things that we just talked about on procrastination that the research does show that if you can manifest in yourself or evoke positive emotions in yourself and and that's just that's just anything like you know um 
thinking positive thoughts when you're getting a shot. Like whenever I have to get a shot, I always think about beautiful dolphins swimming. And, and if you can, <laughs> yeah, if you can bring love into your heart, I just think that yeah. that you can do it for yourself. It's, it's, right. I think it's much easier and much more natural for us to do it for others. But if we can, if we can do it for ourselves and that it, right there is a, is a great way to look at things that I always, you know, I'm a, a, an optimist in general, but I can be, I can be really hard on myself. And when I'm really hard on myself and I'm starting to get, dig myself into a hole, I always think, what would I say to someone going through what I'm going through? And I would be so much nicer. You know, I would be. You would, Kelly, and you are. And I would be kind That's and so gentle true. and supportive. And when I turn that love onto myself, it changes everything. And so I think it's so hard to love ourselves. You know, it's so hard to love ourselves. I mean, yes, I love myself and I have a good self-esteem, but it's just so much easier to love you and my family and my friends and, you know, our listeners. I just don't know why. I Like, I would be the most encouraging, loving friend to people, but to myself, it's yes, hard. You are. So, but you know what, I, Maria, does that make sense? Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. And that is so true. I mean, I... Even even when we were just talking yesterday, you were encouraging me and I was telling Jim, you know, Kelly lifts me up. She's such a great encourager. So you, you do need to turn that that voice that you that you so generously give to others on yourself. And I think for me, we all do. Don't you think we all do? Yes. But for me, when I pray, I get that because I know that God loves me. <laughs> so when I'm, I'm when I'm praying, like I if when I make time for it and I don't always make time for it. I try to, I try to, it's part of my morning ritual, but, but I notice a huge difference in how I feel. So I'm sitting there, you know, I'm praying, I'm praying for all these people. And then this just beautiful, calm, and just, just knowledge of love comes over me. And, and I remember, oh, all these things that I've been worried about, all the things on my list, all the stress, all the, you know, that's, you know, that's not important. I am loved by God, <laughs> you know, obviously. So I, yes. I think that, I think you're right. I mean, we need to turn that encouragement on ourselves. And for me, it's the knowledge that I am created by God for a special purpose and I am loved. And Maria, that is so beautiful. And again, I, I envy people that feel that deep love. And for those people that have that faith, you're so lucky. And for those people that don't, I can get that same feeling in meditation. So in meditation, some I do guided by Joe Dispenza. He's got gr two great an, a morning and evening meditation that are on Google Play. And I think they're a buck ninety nine for both of them, $1.99 and you own them. And I do the morning and night. But sometimes and, – and he will ask you to, you know – invoke this, these great positive emotions. But sometimes when I'm just doing it by myself and I try to do at least 20 minutes of meditation every day that I will do the exact same thing in loving others. Like I will just get into that calm, totally quiet space and be kind of floating in space and be disconnected from my body almost. And then I will start just imagining all the people that I love and their faces. And, you know, just, just, mm. I start, you know, with, my mother and my father, and even though mom's gone and, you know, all of you siblings, my siblings, and then my nieces and nephews, and then their kids and 
my friends, and I'll just start. I, I at times will get so in love that I will just be bawling. I will be in this like sitting in space, floating in space, just crying with joy with this overflow. Right. My heart is just overflowing with love. So, so much so yeah. that it just, you know, um, I actually had this weird, this is, the, I don't know if this is woo woo or not, but I told Mark, I had this electric feeling in my mind, in my brain. And Joe Dispenza said, this is common in meditation. I actually got out of this meditation and I looked up, you know, electrical buzzing in my head. And I guess that's one of the, the, um, manifestations of a really, really deep meditation. But I, I totally get that from what you're saying about prayer. And I think that, that this all ties together, like I said, in the beginning, prayer, meditation, that we just need to get to that place where we feel love, the power of love for right. ourselves, for everyone else. And I, I, I think that's right. the biggest connection of humanity. Well, yeah, I mean, the even, you know, in Christian Bible says, you know, he who abides or she who abides in love abides in God, you know, you know, God is love, right? So whatever we're talking about, I think love is a really, really, really important part of it. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so Maria, what kind of takeaways do you have from today's talk? Yeah, I, I think that you know, I, I thought we were going to be talking about about really intentions for ourselves today. And I like how, for me, the conversation turned to intentions for others. And I guess my takeaway is that, you know, love, loving others and, and intending well for others is, is something that I always want to have as a part of my life and that it's going to keep everything in perspective and, 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 you know, and, so, I mean, I, you know, and I, and I, I like the whole woo-woo stuff. I mean, I, <laughs> I just, I believe, I believe in the power of love and the power of intention. And, and it's very difficult to measure from a scientific perspective. Maybe in the future, they'll be able to measure it better. But I, I really, my personal experience is that it, it works. So takeaway is just to continue believing <laughs> what I believe, I guess. Mm -hmm. What about you, Kelly? Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep right? the faith. Keep the yeah. faith. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that you think this episode was about you thought it was going to be about our own intentions, but it's about intentions for others. And I'm like, man, if I just failed in in piecing this show together, because I still feel like that we we have given people tools for intending for themselves. I think I, my intent for the whole show was to be, you know, definitely intentions for ourselves and others, but it's funny that you've interpreted it as only intention for others. Well, I think our most evocative stories are about how we, about the intentions for others, right? I mean, that's what we've been talking about, We, you know, and your great story about Michael Phelps and Hannah is just, you know, that was about, about your and the, you know, and other people's intentions for others or energy transfer from. Yes, yes, yes. And, and I agree with that. And I guess it's because I didn't do any stories. I have a little white blank journal, hard leather book that's in my purse that I carry around. That's just like three inches by three inches. And it's my, it's my personal intention book. And I just draw Beautiful. kind of big, like pictures more almost like stick figures like i want smooth skin or i want to have you know a healthy a heart radiant it, radiant know, health that's how what i pray for health. every and morning so like 
Radiant Health is a great one. And so for smooth skin, I write SS, which is just, that's what I put on a page. Or I have a stand-up comedy one, which is SUP, which is funny because there's an SUP. But in those, I went a week where I tried to manifest things that I put in there. And I have a list, which maybe we'll do on another show. But I have a list where I, I open the book to Mark and I'm like, I got five out of five of these things this week, and it was just my own intentions. <laughs> and, I, and so if I haven't given people the tools for individual, obviously our stories have. I want to leave with the five. These will be my takeaways, but these are five steps for manifesting for yourself or for someone else. So um, the first one is to become still. Okay. Number one, just you, you have to disconnect, quiet, close your eyes kind of cross into a different field of what you're not normally in, which is just being still. So I say that become still. Number two is see that intention in your mind. And that can be for someone else or it can be for yourself. So whatever it is that you really want to see, hold it in your mind's eye. Then number three, bring up super positive emotions. Just like think whatever makes you really excited, um, you know, like looking at a baby or a puppy or your, fa- you know, your favorite things where you're just, <laughs> you're just feeling just love this flowing, like try to get love just flowing and, and feel number four, feel, bring that to your heart, that vision, whatever you're intending, bring it to your heart. The, the, the wish comes into your heart where your heart is open. Number four. So you could just feel that emotion in your heart with that intention. That's number four. And then number five is give it up. Just let the, whatever you want to call it, God, the quantum field, the universe, whatever, just let it go. And don't worry about the how or the when or the why. Just this is my intention in my mind. Number, you be still, get it in your mind, get those positive emotions going bring it into your heart and then just let it go and trust, trust and have faith. So the, those are the five, the five steps that I'm going to try to, to use for my own personal intentions. And then certainly for people that I love. That's beautiful. I think we should end it there. Yes, absolutely. That is a great, a, it's just, it's one of my favorite topics. I could talk all day long about it. Maybe we'll do another one and we'll bring in an expert on yeah, the subject. I, yeah, I, I think we should. I think we should. Wonderful. There's, there's, there's so much to this. Yes. Well, Maria, then I got to leave you with a big, sloppy, wet kiss and hug. And I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you so much, Kelly. Yeah, Maria. Have a good one. Yeah. Thanks for being on this journey. All right. right. Talk to you later. Love you. Bye-bye. Love you too. Bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Joe Dispenza, where we put our awareness and for how long maps our destiny. We are so grateful that you spent this time with us today, and we hope that you heard something that inspired, motivated, and educated you. Please see below for our copy of the show notes for any links or important information referenced here. Signing off for myself and champion co-host Kelly Palace, we hope you'll join us again soon, and we know you can be a champion. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast, designed to make you feel inspired, motivated, and educated. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Also, visit championsmojo.com to learn more. 